second day we made our pitch and then uh, won the Istanbul uh, competition. And then qualified for the MENA finals in Morocco. Uh, I went there, uh, to buy, uh, it was just one person from each team. So uh, it was a good time in Morocco, one week uh, of an event. And we did like one minute, three minute pitches and some workshops. Uh, so it went well at the end of the uh, summit. But still we wanted to get like more freedom, independence and like pick the topic that we want to work on, focus on uh, more. Uh, that's how it uh, started. Welcome to Seedstar's podcast. Seedstars is an organization that aims to have an impact in emerging markets by supporting the local entrepreneurs, investing in their ventures, but also sharing their story globally because we really believe they are the true heroes. We'll be listening to them and other thought leaders and disruptors that are really shaping the future of tomorrow. And we hope that together we can build a sustainable impact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'm Alex Weber. I'll be your host for today's podcast. Um, just so you know who you're dealing with, I was employee number one at Seedstars. Um, that was a while, while ago. I served as an entrepreneur in residence and then as the head of marketing for a few years. And I'm now running a growth and marketing agency called 60 Seconds. Today, I'm super excited because I'm going to be talking with the founders, both of them. Uh, Ozan and Tuba from Optjol. Uh, in three words, what they do, and they're gonna, we're going to talk about it a bit more, but they're going to explain it a lot better than I can, uh, is AI for transportation. So we're going to go into that. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, thank you for hosting us. How are you today? Good? Good. Uh, as everyone, uh, we are, uh, it's hard to predict yes. the coming day. How, but, yeah, where we, we are you in, in Turkey. Turkey. In Turkey. Okay. We are now in Ankara. Uh, oh. We live in Istanbul, but uh, to spend time at home, uh, we came to our parents' house in Ankara. It's better, easier here. How's how's the situation now? Is it a lockdown like uh, most of the places, or not yet? They just say us to stay at home, and schools are closed. And we have a okay. son, so his school is closed. So my parents are taking care of him, but they say us to stay home. That is the situation. Okay, so it's not a full lockdown where you have to like really be at home and not move. Yeah, for us okay. it's been two weeks. Yeah, for the last two weeks. Yeah. Okay, it's in between. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully, uh, stay safe and everything is going to be uh, going to be fine in the next few uh, weeks or months. Let's see how it goes. Uh, look, I I wanna before we talk about Optjol and what you guys are doing, um, I'd love to maybe go through your um, Seed Stars journey. Uh, because uh, just so that everybody knows, uh, you know, Seedstars starts with uh, 5,000 applications, so 5,000 startups uh, in 83 countries. Then um, they basically select 46 startups that go into regional events, and then they're all invited to the um, summit, which will actually take place in, in, in a few days on April 3rd. So you guys, it all started in Istanbul. So you pitched at the Seedstars event in Istanbul. What happened from from then? Uh, from then, uh, we uh, it was a two day event. The first day was uh, like about how to pitch and working with mentors. The second day, we made our pitch and then uh, won the Istanbul uh, competition, and then qualified for the MENA finals in Morocco. Uh, I went there uh, to buy. Uh, it was just one person from each team, so uh, it was a good time in Morocco. One week uh, of an event. And we did like one minute, three minute pitches and some workshops. Uh, so it went well at the end of the uh, summit. 
the teams who qualified for the global finals uh, were announced. So when was the, um, the pitch uh, in Istanbul? What was the date? Uh, it does it around in October or November. Yeah, it's, the time passes quickly. So it's been a few months, a long, uh, a long journey. Uh, and um, you guys are now, um, um, I just actually learned that, but you guys are now part of the, of the finalists of Seed Stars world. So congratulations, first of all. I think it's a pretty amazing uh, feat when you think about it. You know, 5,000 startups and then now only five. So congratulations. Um, how, we'll talk about that, I guess, a bit later, but how does it, how does it feel? Are you guys excited? Um, did you expect it? Uh, you know, what's your first, um, first thought on that? Yeah, so even in Istanbul, uh, uh, there were many good startups. So it feels really good to be selected among those uh, very good startups. And then in uh, MENA, Ozan participated that, but in Morocco, there were also very good startups. So we qualified that. After that, we joined the growth program of Stars, and our mentor is uh, Charlie, the CIO of Stars program. And that growth program passed really very uh, successful for myself because we learned many new things. We attended uh, a lot of mentorship and these kind of uh, accelerator programs and other things. But uh, this one was real and it was just measuring every week. So it really helped us. So being a finalist after that growth program uh, feels really good, all those things, because otherwise we know we have to do something about those growth and other things, but we don't devote some, uh, that time uh, most of the time. But now we have to do that because we have all those calls where we have to talk about uh, what we have done so far in the week and the week has been too busy of course with all those development things and customer things so being a finalist here uh, feels like okay we have done that we have done what we have to do our homeworks and then it is paying off so i feel very good about it but excited about the results of course <laughs> yeah i guess yeah. it's also it's also pretty stressful right because i mean the pitches it's always i mean even if you're used to it it's always a stress to go and pitch and then wait for the results and now that you're so close to, you know, it's 5,000 and five, now you're so close to the end, uh, it must feel very, uh, you know, excited in a way, but also very stressful, right? Yeah, but like generally like in uh, football teams, uh, they say they don't want to target like winning the Champions League. They say we want to play the final. Uh, so generally like the target is playing the final. So it's good that like we are playing the final, uh, even reaching this, is, like, we are very happy to come to this It was a good journey for us. Yeah. Well, well congratulations and uh, all the best for the for the next few uh, for the next few days and super excited to see the when the results going to come down. Okay, cool. So basically maybe you can tell us because uh, I said before that Optual was, you know, a summary of, of I said three words, you know, I said AI for transportation, but it's a lot more than that. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. could you just explain uh, and then we'll get in more details about the company, but mm -hmm. What do you do exactly and how you do it? So we are trying to make life like better for consumers, shippers, uh, carriers and drivers. So the supply chain, uh, a lot of people are now talking about supply chain logistics after this uh, virus because everyone is staying at home. The supply chain logistics, there's a big pressure to reach certain items. Actually, we are uh, touching that supply chain starting from the consumer. And uh, the reason we got into this is uh, Logistics world is changing a lot, uh, and the two major drivers are many people are moving into cities, uh, so the city populations are increasing. Like about 70% of the population is expected to live in cities by 2050. Also, e-commerce is growing very rapidly, about 20% uh, annually. 
so this changes the logistics to more like last mile direct deliveries. So as consumers, we don't drive to these big large stores anymore. We order things to our homes, offices, or just shop from like nearby small locations. Uh, so that increases the number of points for deliveries. And we want these deliveries to be on time. We don't want to wait uh, too long at home. And we don't want to pay for it. We don't want to pay for shipping as well. Uh, so that's why the retailers, like the e-commerce sites and all retailers, they want to offer that free shipping. Uh, that means they need to uh, make their operations more efficient, like reduce their costs so that they can offer that service. Uh, but they are not the logistics companies. They are just sellers. So then they pressure the carriers, the logistics companies. So logistics companies need to revise their operations. Uh, previously, it was fine just to operate with some manual uh, work, some simple heuristics, Excel sheets, or like simple methods through experience. But because of the scale of the problem and the difficulty in managing this time, uh, the resources, uh, but Optio comes into place that point. So we help them to optimize their operations so that uh, they just work with just enough number of trucks, just enough number of drivers, and then they're able to give them a good schedule so that uh, they minimize the time Back or forth, uh, yeah. distance and also make sure that each address is visited on time so that people don't wait their goods wrong uh, or they don't miss any deliveries. What's the difference between, uh, you know, maybe how they used to, like you said, you know, e-commerce is, 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 uh, is expanding and it gets more complicated and there's a lot of different things happening. And my question is, I wanted to talk about that later, but because you're mentioning this, it's very interesting is how do they used to do, you know, the software that were, that were maybe um, helping them uh, manage and optimize their routes uh, mm -hmm. versus what you guys are doing now? What's the major, you know, what's the big differences between, between these two? Uh, like the delivery companies, they mentioned that most of their business was like B2B deliveries in the past, uh, not much B2C. And B2B, like the companies, they order less frequently in big, big quantities. So they order big quantities less frequently. That means you just visit, let's say, 100 locations a day and uh, bring like large shipments so that it's just like five, six orders, you can fill up the truck. But now with B2C, it's like small orders from many different locations throughout the city. So to fill up the truck, a driver needs to visit 30, 40 different addresses. Uh, and the demand is now dynamic. So uh, each day you get a different set of thousands of locations uh, and that means you cannot repeat the same plan so in the past they just stick to static plans so they optimize once similar locations on monday they know where to go on tuesday they know which companies they go uh, operate like less frequently every quarter and then just follow the rest now they need a dynamic system to optimize this. okay so the system that they that they that they're still using for some of them i'm sure it, it just yeah. cannot work for the, the, let's say, the life that we have now with the delivery at home and all these kind of things and all the different things that, that, that is happening. It just cannot work. So they need to find a new way. Correct? Yeah. Like the adoption rate is uh, kind of not, uh, you cannot necessarily say like everyone is doing this manual. Like uh, new generation of solutions are coming up. But the adoption rates are about like 20% according to research. But it's expected to boom because it's, uh, very hard to sustain the uh, previous way of doing business uh, for, for them. And uh, what we observe with these companies is they created their own hybrid systems. So there are software from the past that they were using. They still run them, uh, look at the results, 
and then do manual changes around it. So okay. it requires like a, still a human planner to uh, move things around. But with this uh, many locations and without considering all the traffic rules, uh, there are many uh, parameters to be factored in and it's hard to do with just the human work. Uh, so that's why uh, they still miss orders. Uh, they operated 30 trucks, even though it's possible to do it with just 25. Uh, so they're buffering it with more resources so that uh, they can satisfy customers. Okay, I see. Interesting. Okay, thank you. I think uh, it gets a, a clearer picture of what you guys are doing. I'd love to take a few steps back and understand how you arrive there. I know that, Ozan, let me know if I'm saying anything uh, wrong, because uh, don't believe everything you read online, but you were uh, teaching at University Risk Management. Um, before starting uh, Optiol, is that correct? Uh, actually, I, uh, after starting Optiol, uh, even like when I was working at a startup before Optiol, uh, we, we come from like an academic background, like we did uh, our PhDs, like we uh, doctoral degrees, so, but we, we didn't continue in academia. Uh, I started working at a, a software company as an algorithm designer. But when we returned back to Turkey uh, from US, uh, some of our friends were in the academia and they said like your practical experience uh, would be really helpful for students if you can spare like a half a day a week and then just come teach a course here. Uh, so I did the teaching uh, part-time, just one course uh, in one semester. Then, then maybe we can even go a little bit further. Is, at, at what point did you, did you see the issue that the, you know, the transportation system had? And at what point did you say, okay, now I can see there is, you know, there is an issue, there is something we can do to solve that issue and then started working on even just the, the idea at the beginning, but how did it appear? Uh, so both of us, Tobai and I, like we are industrial engineers, like we worked in like supply chain optimization, but supply chain covers like many different aspects, like it's inventory, even like how much inventory you will keep, demand forecasting. And I think even like my first job after PhD was uh, building an optimization system to optimize inventory. So how much inventory uh, a company should have in each location. Okay, I see. Yeah. Uh, so when we returned back to Turkey, so uh, we had that passion, like even when we were students uh, at Georgia Tech, uh, when we met Tuba, we were talking about in the future, maybe we may have our own company to build <laughs> these optimization systems because we like the real life applications of our profession. Uh, we, we really didn't want to stay in academia. That's another word for us. We want to see the results more quickly. So that's valuable, but you see the results a few years later. Uh, so that was our passion. So when we returned back to Turkey, uh, we talked with our friends from college who stayed in Turkey because they knew the industry here. Uh, we reached out to people in supply chain through LinkedIn, got uh, some interviews, got some meetings, and then talked about, uh, tried to understand their work. And then uh, we discovered that like most of the things that can be optimized or run with a software assistants are still doing, uh, getting done manually or with simple words. That's how we want to get in uh, to this area of transportation optimization. Okay, and then at, at like so you you know the US pretty well. I guess what what you had to did you have to go back to Turkey or did you wanted to set up the company there? What was the reason for you know not setting it up in in the US and how did you how did you feel about that? 
So Ozan was working uh, in a startup in uh, states uh, for two years. It was a again inventory optimization uh, startup. Uh, one of uh, Carnegie Mellon professors founded that, so it was very good. And uh, I was working on my PhD, still trying to finish up that. So we realized that if I got a job there after my PhD, it will be very difficult for us to relocate to Turkey. And uh, we want to live in Turkey because of family reasons and other things. So US was too far away. So we wanted to move. At time so before i graduate i uh, we moved here so that i didn't get a job there <laughs> we were not uh, we didn't want to look for a job there uh, and uh, after our return back to turkey we uh, worked at uh, several startups both ozan and me he did some consulting mm -hmm. and then worked at a startup and i also worked at a startup and after that we founded optio okay so you 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 worked in startups both in uh, in the us and in turkey yes. if you could ozan i know it's in the us and in turkey yeah okay so what was the the for you if you had to summarize it you know what was the 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 big difference between you know startups in the us and startup in in turkey in the united states i was lucky that like i wanted to do some like real world optimization like at a startup uh, there were like many choices in the us that i could do this work so i joined as an algorithm designer and work so returning back to turkey we didn't have this opportunity so it was like a must for us if we want to do this what we love we need to start our own company to do it. Okay. Uh, but even before that, like we wanted to give a try to a few companies. There were just two, three companies that uh, from our profession. We actually tried that two hours in one of them for one and a half years almost. I worked at one for seven months. But still, we wanted to get like more freedom, independence, and like pick the topic that we want to work on, focus on uh, more. Uh, that's how it uh, started. If I if I take the Thailand, you, you you come back to Turkey after spending some time in the U.S. You start to see the, the issue of transportation. You try to understand how you can you can optimize it and make it better. How does your first you know your first MVP, if we can call it that way, how does it look? How does your first product look? And um, and what was the major uh, issue for them building that first uh, prototype in a way? Uh, for us, like the story is a, a long, longer story for us, like coming to being a software company. So we had like uh, actually two uh, different optuals. The first optual is like the first three years. It's mostly like doing one of uh, projects with clients, uh, like a customized optimization models uh, for them. And then the last two years now we are like a, a SaaS, really a SaaS company. Uh, in the first three years we were uh, approaching uh, companies or we got some like inbound uh, things after that, after a few projects. Uh, they were describing their transportation challenge and then we were building a specific solution for them. And it was not necessarily like this day-to-day -day optimization. So for, for a few of them, the challenge was where to locate their warehouses. Uh, so where should I first ship the products to and then which customers should be fulfilled from which distribution center? Uh, for example, an ice cream brand, uh, they had like 90 different warehouses throughout Turkey. Uh, they were serving 200,000 uh, different shops where ice cream is sold. So they said, if we were to reorganize the whole distribution, what should it look like? Should we still need 90 warehouses or is it fine with 60? Where should they be located? And so on. And like similarly, we worked with like a, a beer, like beer, beer company. They had the same problem, different manufacturing plants, different distributors, so how should we organize the flow of, of materials between them? But in the meantime, while doing these projects, we started developing the algorithms for this day-to-day uh, -day, uh, route optimization. So that was a time to get to know the industry, actually, like uh, 
uh, get even the optical brand known like among these logistics professionals mm -hmm. and then get some real feedback uh, during developing the algorithms. So we have the privilege of uh, developing our software with real customer data sets because at mm -hmm. that time while doing their network design, we were also discussing how is the last mile distribution, getting some data from them, trying mm -hmm. to work on that. The first MVP was uh, working for that mm -hmm. ice cream brand that we did the network design uh, through Turkey. Mm -hmm. uh, they want us to do try that in one of their uh, depots in uh, Istanbul distribution centers. So we tried to do that, but it was just one distribution center and we were just updating algorithm every day in the first two months of Zanyas. So we yeah. were going to the distribution center after five so that the drivers were coming back. We were talking with them, taking their feedback and then trying to put that in the algorithm. So it was our first MVP in terms of algorithm. Okay, interesting, I see. So there was a lot of uh, manual work as well that had to be done. Yes, yeah. At the beginning, yeah. let's say, yeah. not, not now. <laughs> that ice cream company, that was your, let's say your official first, uh, first sell, correct? Yeah, yeah, the first customer yeah, to build, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, and then, you know, of course, when, when I look at Optual, you know, of course, you see the, the, the company that you guys are working with now, which is pretty impressive. You know, you got Unilever, you got Philip Morris, uh, Ferrero. Uh, is, I mean, it's huge companies. So, well, first, congratulations, because I think it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, but I think a lot of people, and me included, I'd love to know, you know, how do you get these kind of companies? You know, you start with these with this ice cream company. Are uh, you just at the beginning, and then now a few years later, you're already working with these the, the big guys. So how? What's the story behind it? And how did you approach them? Uh, I think that's something that I'm I'm very interested in. Uh, like you never, uh, it was referred to us uh, from one of our professors from college. Uh, so like when we returned back to Turkey, like we had a chat with him. I said like we are uh, with Tuba, we are starting this company. Optual will work on these optimization problems, and then uh, Unilever uh, wrote to him because like he's a professor of like transportation optimization, and then uh, he introduced us to them. So that's how we got connected with them. Uh, with Ferrero, uh, I emailed. I actually reached out to their supply chain director through LinkedIn. But four months later, <laughs> okay. I got a phone call. So it takes and, it takes time. Huh? That's you see, that's true. I guess it takes a lot of time. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, that was funny. Like it's Ferrero. Like uh, four months later, I was in the uh, parking the car. Uh, someone called. Uh, you uh, send a message to uh, send, uh, told the name of the person. I couldn't recall. It's been four months. I said, oh, I'm parking Maybe my car, I cannot hear you very well, uh, uh, I will call you back. And then I searched the name from all my emails, like messages. Oh, okay, this is, they are calling from here about this message. And then called them. It was a very quick sell, actually. Like in two weeks, uh, we, we, we sold uh, our solution to them. Uh, they sent us some sample data, we quickly showed like the benefits. And even it was a sell, a value-based sell. So we proved them that we can say like 1 million, and then ask for like 25% of that as the cost of the service. And then okay, immediately start working. Okay, and, and so our customers, Horos Logistics is one of the uh, top logistics company in terms of home mm -hmm. delivery in Turkey. So they come through our website. And the other one is Zajibashi. It is the same story again. So we emailed them. We even visited them. We had a half an hour meeting. But at that time, they were trying to use another company for uh, the logistics optimization. So they said, we are already started with, with one company. So we don't want to try another. Okay. So, okay, we said, okay. And then we 
go back home. And after four months, they call us, okay, that company didn't work, so we want to try you. <laughs> but this time we, have, we want to be more conservative, so we will try first. Okay, we said yes, and then they are happily using, uh, it has been almost a year. So. Yeah, it's one of the best reference customers. They are now making introductions to uh, other companies. It's our best reference. Basically, you're doing, you don't have a sales team, you're doing on just yourself, you know, you, your network, or like you said, LinkedIn or email, whatever it is, but you're doing it on your own, basically, which is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Because when, like I said, you know, when you look at your customer and you go like, oh, no, we, you know, we just, we got in touch. That means the product has to be in a way pretty, um, pretty amazing. Yeah. And for us, the challenge was like, we are industrial engineers, so we had like a coding skills but we can code algorithms but we cannot uh, code the whole system so ferrero the way we worked was that we just uh, told them we cannot build the whole software but we just had the algorithm in our laptop <laughs> so every day just email us the excel file and we promise in 15 minutes uh, we will send back you the results with email so that's how we work with the until the product so our looks too bad in that sense. <laughs> Email. And just out of curiosity, do you work with when you work with these these groups? Do you work with them on a, on a, let's say local level or national or international level? How does it usually um, how does the deal get done usually? Uh, it was at local level uh, for for, for uh, all these companies. It was at local level, but now we are talking to like a group uh, again, like an international group, and they are mentioning that they know that in there are several countries that they are looking for a solution. And if we can get it uh, done here, like uh, if it works well here, they will make introductions to uh, other offices in other countries. Uh, they had that like uh, global operations, but the others, they were like independent. So each country had their own incentive to pick uh, the supplier. What would be, because I had a chat with another um, Seedstar startup uh, a while, a few days ago. Um, he's mainly selling to um, institution and, and government and these kind of things. And I had the same question because for me, I think that's very interesting. Is like, how do you get in touch with these, you know, these corporation, these big things? Because it takes, like you said, four months, six months, a lot of time. What would be your advice to someone that is, you know, just starting, it doesn't have any, any client and he, he needs to sign these kind of clients. What would be your, um, you know, your tip uh, that you would give them? Um, initially, LinkedIn works very well. And uh, personal connections, like uh, friends from college, like who are in the corporate world, if they know some people, uh, to get these first meetings. Because now, if you are working on like an, an interesting problem, if you have a solution, like that first meeting uh, starts things. Like the, the hardest thing is that first meeting. Once you get that, it's uh, easier to move things forward. And I would say try to reach as many people as possible because sometimes it takes some time uh, to find the right people who is really looking for your solution it, it is not a problem for those people at that time maybe they will not uh, spend some time on your solution so you have to find those people and maybe following up uh, which, which we learned over time so like they, they by chance they called us four months later they recalled it but maybe we should have like uh, follow, followed up earlier do the follow-up yeah it, it's something like you need at least four email to to close a deal or something. There is uh, some sort of a statistic uh, thing that says it's four or five email. I don't remember. So yeah, do the follow up. We talked a lot about you know how you guys are doing helping these companies. 
what I'm not an expert in the field, so uh, excuse me if, if it's not exactly right what I'm saying, but from what I understood and from what I've, I've seen working with a few different startups is that the, you know, the, what we call the, I think it's called the last mile uh, logistic, or, you know, last mile is one of the biggest issues that these companies have. Is that the case? Is that true, first of all? Because uh, maybe it's not, but is that the case? And if yes, how do you guys um, help them solve that issue? Uh, the last mile uh, problem is as much like e-commerce and like with many different points with different challenges in city uh, is a big big problem but at the same time like the first mile is also getting a harder problem that's another observation right now because even first mile uh, when they uh, move products between like factories to regional distribution centers because the products life cycles are now shorter uh, you cannot keep too much inventory so even for first mile, they start to get smaller size orders. So even those big trucks, large trucks, they need to make multiple stops. Uh, previously, they were just going from A to B. There, there's nothing to optimize for them. But now even for them, uh, the problem gets complicated. So we started serving companies with first mile as well. But the last mile is more challenging because in a city, uh, you cannot use it, uh, every truck because there are certain size restrictions. Uh, it's not just optimizing the route, but it's also selecting the uh, right set of vehicles. So I need three big trucks, for example, two medium trucks, and then five small today. Maybe tomorrow I will need a different set uh, or how many drivers they need to hire because the demand is in last mile different every day. You cannot hire like 30 trucks, 30 drivers, and then try to operate with that because one day you may need 50, one day just 10. Uh, so that's... That's a big challenge, like this resource management. And time constraints are also more challenging mm -hmm. in terms of last milers because consumers have tight time windows that they want mm -hmm. to receive their order. But in the long haul, we don't have that in the first mile part, mm -hmm. but last mile makes uh, that more complicated. Okay, that's that's interesting. And maybe just uh, again, because I, 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 I want to understand a little bit more about the, the specifics. You know, let's say you start working with, you know, one of these, these big clients. How does the first, you know, the first steps, because I can sort of imagine how it looks when it's done and, and, you know, everything is working fine and then it's optimized. But how does it look at the beginning? You know, you just, you got in and then you start working with them. What's the first things you need to do? You need to understand. Um, even if we get in details, I, I'd really like to understand, you know, how, how the thing is set up at the beginning. They first, like, it starts with a feeling from the customer side. They feel that things uh, can get improved. Uh, so that's very important if they identify it themselves. Uh, otherwise, it's harder to comment. So if they had that, uh, it makes it easier. So we visit them. We uh, first listen their problem, like what's their planning challenge, the scale, for example, how many addresses they visit every day, uh, how many drivers they're working with, uh, is there a seasonality? or like what's the biggest challenge for them. And then we start introducing what we have, like what Optual does, uh, give them, if we find like the closest example to them from our current clients, okay, your operation looks like this client's operation, uh, for them uh, we are doing this. And then at the end it uh, comes down to like, uh, they want to see a proof that Optual can really help them. So how much savings they can get using Optual. Uh, so for that we have a data template, uh, uh, so that we can quickly collect data from them and then run a simulation of their current routes versus optimization and then uh, generate a report. Uh, with that report, they see that, okay, last Monday, last week, 
I operated with 30 trucks, but of the old thousand that can be done with like 28, saves me two vehicles. Uh, we made 2,500 mile, miles, kilometers, Optiol can do it in 2,000. So like 20% saving in mileage, for example, 10% saving in fleet size. Also, we compare if there's time sensitivity. Uh, we count number of orders that they delivered on time with their plan, and how many orders we can deliver on time with the given resources. So uh, like generally three dimensions, how much saving in fleet size, how much saving in fuel cost, and then how much improvements in on-time deliveries. Uh, then we do a generalization from that. If it's one week of data, we can show this much savings. So what does it translate to overall annually? Huh? Uh, for example, what does it correspond to? And then it starts the discussions about like pricing, how to integrate. And if they want to see other alternatives, then they say like, let's pause, we'll look at other alternatives and then come back. Uh, otherwise, it goes, like the sales process starts. What's the what's the timeline usually on this? You know, when you first let's say you first uh, have that discussion with the client, and then what's once it's you know up and running, and you start getting the data in and so on. What's the timeline usually? Uh, generally, like when we send the templates, uh, on average it's uh, one to two weeks, depending on customers like IT infrastructure to get the data. And for us, it's like a, a week of one week of study to generate the report. And then, like in about like three weeks, we we are we do the second meeting with results. Uh, okay, that's that's pretty fast. After that, it? It, 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 like, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's fast. Like if they have like a good uh, data infrastructure, with like the addresses, not uh, all companies have a good record of like addresses, or not all of them uh, record down what they did, so how they delivered. Because the driver was dispatched with loads. We just follow the route, but if they don't know like the real schedule, so it may take an additional week. So we say, okay, this week, uh, let your drivers record down, like write down where they, what was their first stop, what was their second stop, at what time they arrived at each location, uh, so that they collect uh, up-to-date data. So okay. vehicle and time constraints sometimes are not written down in the system, so it may take some time to write mm -hmm. them down. For now, how much time they will spend, for example, if they deliver to a grocery store, so how much time it takes to park, how much time it takes to deliver, so th those are parameters needed uh, for the optimization. Okay, yeah, the whole steps and every, every, single, um, yeah, every single steps that they take within the process. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm, I'm happy I asked the question because for me it, was, uh, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't obvious so, and I thought it was taking a, a lot longer, let's say, so it's super, uh, super interesting. So you guys are the, let's say, the expert in, in that field. So we talk about a lot about, you know, um, smart logistics and how it's going to look like in, in the future. What's your take on it? How do you think um, it's going to look like and how do you think it's going to work in the, maybe not 10 years, because that, that's... Uh, a long time, but maybe on the shorter term and midterm, what do you think it's going to happen? Uh, what we see is like a trend, also some requests that we get from companies is, uh, so with the city delivery, uh, they are doing last mile delivery, but they uh, didn't change their networks so much. Still, they have a big warehouse outside the city. Lots of trucks are dispatched every day uh, from those uh, locations, but uh, that's very hard to deliver. Like if you want to do one hour delivery or two hours delivery, it's it's hard because that was the world when they dispatch a truck in the morning and then that vehicle like visits multiple locations and in the evening comes back. So it doesn't work if you want to deliver within one hour. 
So it's they want to have open very small what they call uh, micro depots. You can say like micro small depots like in the system. Okay. They call like uh, they call pocket warehouse in Turkish. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So that is just like fifty or hundred uh, square meter depots, very small. But like in Istanbul, mm -hmm. just op let's open ten of those depots inside the city. Just very small, small. So what they will do is from the uh, distribution center outside the city, they will make those uh, dispatches uh, during the night, so that in the morning all the orders will be in those small depots, and in the morning they will be delivered uh, both the uh, shop deliveries and the customer deliveries from e-commerce. So it, like the efficiency will be that those we will not see those big trucks in the city during the day. So at, at night they will like refill like the inventory in those small uh, pocket warehouses, and during the day. Even like motorcycles, bicycles, like more smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they will be like electric vehicles. That's the trend. Uh, so more environmentally friendly vehicles, and then autonomous vehicles obviously uh, are expected to do those deliveries. And one idea is like this pocket warehouses. The other is it truck is like a moving warehouses. So for example, like more futuristically, like Amazon is. Uh, I think they filed a patent on like a zeppelin <laughs> with inventory flying. <laughs> About the city, if there's an order, like the, uh, the drone, shipping with the drone. The, yeah, the drone will fly up, get the inventory, and then it will uh, bring it down to your home. So it will be like a moving inventory. So if there's like an event in a different part of the city, the zeppelin will go there. <laughs> so you'll be moving around, like this whole warehouse will be moving. So I think that's the. But I think we will find some ways to reduce somehow that traffic and the load on uh, everyone because it is just making all of us inefficient. Um, it will be like in uh, there will be a merge of like right now like inventory planning like you plan your inventory like demand forecast and route optimization so they, they are done separately in the future they will come together so you will predict what might be ordered mm -hmm. and then you will uh, fill your track earlier so that you will already have the inventory when tracks are moving so if there's an order you will just direct the track to the demand location so that's another trend coming up uh, moving inventory around the system and, and what's what's your main uh now your main challenge as um as a company you know i guess of course growing and 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 getting more of these uh these clients that we were talking about but what's what's the main thing that now you you're um you're trying to deal with uh, we are trying to like automate as many things as possible because like the optimization if you don't have the right parameters like if you cannot predict how much time you'll spend delivering it package will it take 20 minutes or will it take 10 minutes mm -hmm. so if you run the optimization with 10 minutes in a pessimistic way that results in like more resources than you may actually need if you plan it 10 minutes then that may not be feasible realistic so what our current focus is uh, building solutions like using this uh, sensors like tracking data uh, collecting as many data as possible and then uh, predict this, learn these parameters as the vehicles move around the city. So and each day we can predict, okay, if this truck is going to this neighborhood at 3 p.m., the expected time that he will find parking is five minutes. But if it's weekend, it will be just one minute or not zero. So we are trying to uh, get this data collection automated and more realistic because we see that's one of the biggest barriers of like, adapting uh, this kind of solutions. Uh, companies are afraid that if we cannot provide you the right data, you may not get the right routes. The right results, uh, yeah. So yeah, we are trying to 
do that on their behalf. Uh, so that when we go to a client, we say, oh, data is not a problem. Maybe just for first week, it will be a problem. But at the, at the end of the first week, we will know your business very well. Like how your things are moving around, we will be getting predictive results and then we will be fine. And over time, it will get much better. Like we said at the beginning, you guys are now part of the, you know, the, the finalists, the five finalists of Seedstar's World. Um, what's, let's say, two-part question. What's next for you? And then what's next for you if you guys win? Uh, what's next? What's going on? We don't know, actually, because of this virus. Yeah, because of, the, because of what's happening, I guess it's a bit of it. But let's say everything was, um, let's imagine, let's think positively and imagine that it's going to be fine. Even in the negative cases, we believe that this uh, logistics optimization will be important because we are cutting the cost. So our business model, we didn't mention that, but, but our business model is we, uh, on average, uh, show like 15-20% savings on their cost to our customers while uh, meeting the demand on time, uh, making those deliveries on time. So out of that 15%, we got some, but most of that remains uh, in the customer. So we're just saving the cost. So we don't see any reason for uh, logistics optimization to go down, although everything may, may go down. So we don't see a risk like that, but of course there may be some slowdown. Uh, so our focus, as Ozan mentioned, in terms of uh, automating uh, everything as much as possible so that we can really grow globally so that we will not be asking any data to our customers but uh, we will be collecting that data from uh, mobile apps or other sensors uh, tracking uh, softwares and we will be learning on that so uh, as time passes assume that the customer uses our software for a month but then something changed in their business they shouldn't even need to tell that to us but we will just recognize that from what's happening on the field so uh, that is our vision and that will be our next step, uh, even we uh, win or not, I guess. But uh, if we win six stars, of course, that will be very good. And I think we can uh, just uh, expedite our growth because uh, mm -hmm. we want to invest in our sales team and marketing because uh, as we mentioned earlier in the talk, we're just doing sales, uh, Ozan and me right now. So we know and we learned a lot in the growth program how it should be done professionally. There are like uh, many softwares and other things and that is just a profession uh, out there. So we want to hire uh, sales and marketing and spend uh, there. Between you and me, do you think you'll win? I'm not going to interview any other, any other finalists, so you're the only one I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking to, so you, I think you can say yes. I see like a 50% 50 chance. I give 50%? 50% is good. I want, I want to win. <laughs> Let's say 55. Let's say 55. Let's be optimistic, right? I would say like 70 or something Ooh, like 70. that. <laughs> I'm more That's optimistic. Good. I'm more optimistic. Uh, no, uh, the reason I'm afraid is like uh, the thing we do is like a uh, Okay, it's good like for business and, and uh, other things, but uh, in, uh, seed stars like it's like an impact also in, in, uh, is very important criteria. Uh, so I'm not sure if we stressed it that I mean we are telling you now that like optimizing logistics for the logistics company actually it's beneficial for all of us. Like if you are moving into a new house, if your refrigerator doesn't arrive on that day, you cannot start your life in that house. If you're Furniture doesn't move, come on time. Your computer, like people are now ordering monitors, like this virus, their home, start working from home. If it doesn't come on time, then it impacts everyone. Not just on time, uh, we'll be seeing less trucks and traffic, so the traffic will decrease and it will affect all of our lives and uh, the planet. So yeah, the, planet, yeah, the climate, everything. Yeah, exactly.
Uh, the impact, maybe we should have stressed that more. I mean, as a feedback, uh, we have actually had some good stories, but we, we forgot to. <laughs> tell, no, but, tell those. Well, then go ahead. I think we have we have all the time <laughs> in the world, and, and I'm really interested. So let me know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, tell but, me a good story. <laughs> uh, one thing, one story was like this uh, dispatcher, like the manual dispatcher of this ice cream company, because ice cream is sold in summer, and people want to take vacation in summer, but he couldn't uh, because he had to be. There, he's the planner, he knows, he had the 10 years of experience, he knows the streets, like he is the expert of route planning. Uh, so what he told us was that like the last uh, four years, he couldn't take any vacation in summer. It's the first time that he was able to take a vacation his uh, with his family <laughs> because like they had opted to plan the routes on behalf of him. Uh, so that I'm sure he deserved it after, after this long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take vacation. Go for optional and take a vacation. I think you should do something. You should do an ad. Yeah, that's right? a good idea. <laughs> that's really cool. Okay, I think it's a perfect story to wrap up, guys. Again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, congratulations uh, on your um, Seed Stars journey. Uh, again, you're part of the the five last startups. Uh, we're gonna get the the results in a few um, in not long, uh, actually, because. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be pretty exciting. Uh, wish you all the best um, in these crazy times. Stay safe and uh, all the best. Good luck. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our hero's journey and subscribe now for more stories on Seed Stars podcast.